1: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team. every every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you aboard. Good to have you with us. It is another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 168. I am your host, Chris Russell. It is Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 53 coming up on Sunday, as I'm sure you know by now between Sean McVay and Wade Phillips and the Los Angeles Rams against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots. Look forward to that game. Uh, Certainly lots of Redskins connections and potential Redskins connections for more, as we've talked about a couple of times. Not only Sean McVay, the former offensive coordinator of the Redskins, uh, but also Joe Barry, the assistant head coach, linebackers coach, Wade Phillips, should have been the defensive coordinator uh, at least once, if not twice, with the Redskins uh, after the 2014 season when the Redskins let go of Jim Hazlitt after five years and one year of the Jay Gruden era. They let go of him. Wade Phillips desperately wanted to be the pa- the defensive coordinator. join his son, Wes Phillips, uh, on the staff. I would run into Wade Phillips uh, in the team hotel, uh, pass by him. Certainly, it was well, well understood that Wade Phillips – Wanted to be the Redskins' new defensive coordinator. Now, could they have made it a deal if they were going to pay him five? I don't know. But the Redskins really did not want him. That's the bottom line of it. Jay Gruden wanted his own guy. Jay Gruden wanted somebody he could control easier. Jay Gruden wanted somebody with energy. Jay Gruden wanted somebody that he could relate to and that he thought would relate better to the players, Somebody that was not feisty and independent and stubborn and somebody that did not have a long track record and a resume and also somebody that had been a performer head coach. You know, that's part of it too. And here Wade Phillips is. And, oh, by the way, his son, Wes Phillips, who we talked about on episode number 167 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, His son, Wes Phillips, is likely to join the Rams coaching staff. He's been now the former Redskins tight ends coach. After five years, his contract expired. He chose to go to the Rams, as we told you about, as we detailed. He had received interest from the uh, Rams. The Redskins would not let him out of his contract. Um, And they finally had his contract expire. It did, and he chose to leave. So there you go. And the Redskins uh, were powerless to stop him, and uh, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. So uh, here's the bottom line. They just replaced him. Uh, So the bottom line is this. There's lots of Super Bowl uh, connections with the Redskins, and, of course, the biggest one is that the Redskins aren't in it. Uh, And over the weekend, as you know, the Redskins uh, marked the 27-year point since their last Super Bowl win, Super Bowl twenty-six at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis against the Buffalo Bills. Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years since the Redskins have been in a Super Bowl. Never mind, I, of course, won it. Uh, and it doesn't appear that they're anywhere close uh, to winning one or appearing one. Uh, again, we'll have to see how the future kind of shakes out. But uh, we'll leave that alone. And aside, we'll have more throughout the week on that. Coming up on today's issue, uh, coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast, we will hear a brief clip from Adam Schefter of ESPN. He joined me on my radio show on 106.7 The Fan and Radio.com. worldwide uh, on Friday night. Uh, it had something to do with the Redskins, of course. Go figure. Uh, and Alex Smith, this was before we legitimately knew what the Redskins were thinking via an Ian Rappaport report from Uh, NFL Network, as you know, we went through that on episode number 167. So we will hear what Schefter had to say. And essentially he compared the Redskins salary cap situation because of the quarterback to the 2012 and 2013 cap hit. So we will let you hear that courtesy of, again, 106.7 The Fan. So there is Redskins news here on episode number 168. A couple of things here that we have to go through. The Redskins interviewed, according to Alex Marvez of Sirius XM NFL radio, Ken Zampezi for their quarterbacks coach position. Now, why is this important? Well, uh, their quarterbacks coach was Kevin O'Connell. He's now just listed as their passing game coordinator. Ken Zampezi is... Quarterbacks coach, son of Ernie Zampezi, longtime NFL offensive assistant and guru uh, under the Eric Correale, uh family tree and roots. Ken Zampezi was with Jay Gruden in Cincinnati when Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator there. He's most recently been with the Cleveland Browns, so he was working with Hugh Jackson and working with uh, Baker Mayfield and working with the Browns as the quarterbacks coach last year. So... There's that. Clearly, the new head coach, Freddie Kitchens, decided to move on from him. And again, he's just interviewed as of the taping of this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. But one would likely think that this is going to happen and may already have happened, depending on when you are listening to this episode number 168 now. Why is this important? Because, again, Kevin O'Connell was listed as the quarterback's coach and the passing game coordinator. Now he's just listed as the passing game coordinator. On Monday morning, as I've mentioned many, many, many times on this particular podcast, on various episodes, we keep talking about Kevin O'Connell being held in high regard in the NFL and college. We keep talking about Kevin O'Connell perhaps being promoted to offensive coordinator or play caller. We keep talking about how Kevin O'Connell might leave the organization if there's no upward mobility. Well, over the weekend. And as we detailed, again, at the very end of episode number 167, and as we detailed on the Junkies, uh, 106.7, the fans morning show, and in a column on thefandc.com that I put up on my Twitter, at Wrestlemania621, and also the podcast Twitter at Locked Redskins talked about Kevin O'Connell and how he's held in very high regard by Dan Snyder from what I've been told and that Dan Snyder knows that this is a fluid situation and that they might have to do some stuff to keep Kevin O'Connell in the Redskins organization and some stuff might just be might just be making him the play caller perhaps by title the offensive coordinator. He's already the passing game coordinator. Would it surprise you if he eventually becomes the offensive coordinator? No, it shouldn't surprise you. It wouldn't surprise anybody, I don't think. Um, And as of Monday night, Matt Kavanaugh was still listed as the offensive coordinator. Now for a while, I've kind of suggested that Matt Kavanaugh would probably be moved out and Kevin O'Connell would just take over that role and whether or not he would have play-calling duties or not, but that's what I thought the Redskins would have to do in order to keep him, and what I thought also, by the way, makes the most sense. It appears right now that Kevin O'Connell is still with the organization, uh, that that um, Matt Kavanaugh is still with the organization. However, David on Twitter, and I don't know where David is getting this information from, is saying that, Matt Kavanaugh's contract was up this year, so he's guessing that O'Connell is taking on a bigger role, basically what we kind of alluded to, and that Kavanaugh is out or reassigned. Now, I have not heard that Matt Kavanaugh and his contract is expired. Uh, if that's been reported, I missed that somehow, and I apologize for that. Uh, I am not aware of that. Uh, it is very difficult to get these contract situations for coaches. It is not like players. Uh, so... If I miss that, you know, I apologize again for not having that information. But I don't have that. That is just one uh, tweeter, David, who is mentioning that. I have not seen that confirmed anywhere else. But certainly, if that is the case, it would make all the sense of the world that Kevin O'Connell is going to get a promotion to offensive coordinator. Now, you can be the offensive coordinator, as we all know, and not be the play caller. I think the Redskins should make Kevin O'Connell, period, the offensive coordinator, and the play caller, and he might just be eventually the head coach here. How about them apples? What do you think about that? Who is Ken Zampezi? Well, again, we'll tell you a little bit more about his history, uh, and as well, we'll let you hear from Adam Schefter of ESPN on Alex Smith and the Redskins contract situation, and we'll have our skin spotlight coming up next, right here on the Locked Redskins podcast.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast,
0: part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, so we welcome you back on the Locked On Redskins podcast. So, again, Ken Zampese interviewing for the vacant Redskins quarterback coaching position. Uh, we mentioned his dad, Ernie Zampese, who spent 35 plus years with various organizations. Um, and again, learned under Air Coriel and uh, all of that, so you know, you know where he's rooted. Uh, Ken Zampezi has been a longtime NFL assistant, both as an offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, offensive assistant. He was with the St. Louis Rams. He was the passing game coordinator with the greatest show on turf during their Super Bowl years, uh, and ironically, the Super Bowl that they lost to the new England Patriots, which started off the Patriots dynasty. Uh, he was the quarterbacks coach again for the Cincinnati Bengals from 2003 through 2015, helping develop Carson Palmer, helping draft develop, um, you know, and, and Tudor, uh, John, uh, John Kitna, Andy Dalton, second round pick again, pretty clear that the Redskins are going to go here. Um, he also was involved, again, as we mentioned, with the Rams under Mike Martz. So we learned there with Kurt Warner, uh, Mark Bolger, Trent Green, and that offense. So you know that Ken Zampizzi has plenty, plenty of experience. Uh, if he is indeed brought here, as is expected, uh, again, Ken Zampizzi is going to add a wealth of knowledge. Now, why would they, even if they do not promote Kevin O'Connell from passing game coordinator to, say, offensive coordinator or to the play caller or whatever happens here, and even if they announce nothing, you might say, well, wait wait a second, why do they need another coach? Listen, it is not a bad idea for them to have another coach here. It is not a bad idea for them to have another quarterback guru, mentor, teacher. It is a great idea. Because they are drafting a quarterback. I don't know if it'll be round one, round two, round three. They are drafting a quarterback. I would pretty much bet the ranch in the top three rounds, and I would even say it is almost overwhelmingly likely in the top two rounds. So if Kevin O'Connell is allowed to focus on getting the passing game ramped up and as good as it can be, and obviously a lot of that is working with the quarterbacks, but if he doesn't have to work with the minute-by-minute minutiae, or if he has another trained set of eyes and another more experienced coach and another guy to help out the quarterback development and to study everything they possibly can from footwork and mechanics and arm slot and delivery and everything that it takes to be successful in this league and to play that position, I think it makes perfect sense. Now, people are going to wonder, well, oh, he doesn't have a Tampa Bay Buccaneer connection, right? No. Ken Zampezi does not have a Tampa Bay Buccaneer connection, but he does have the Jay Gruden Bengals connection, so there you have that. Again, even if there is no promotion right now in the works for Kevin O'Connell, doesn't mean that it won't happen at some point during the season. As a matter of fact, Kevin O'Connell did call some plays. My understanding is in the Monday night game for Mark Sanchez, because Mark Sanchez had a uh, much greater familiarity with him and Matt Cavanaugh, then he did with Jay Gruden, and they were trying to work with such a limited package for Mark Sanchez that that's what they did. Now, I think they, as far as everything I know, went back to Jay Gruden for the Jacksonville game, for the Tennessee game, with Josh Johnson, and, of course, the final game of the season with the Philadelphia Eagles because Jay and Josh Johnson had that strong previous connection. Again, it's a connection industry. It's a connection league. You get jobs because of who you know. And, yes, what you know and what you can add. But it's who you know and where you've been. It's just the bottom line. People don't want to often work with people they don't know. I mean, that's the reality. All right, so there's that. Now, Adam Schefter of ESPN, as we mentioned, joined me and Aaron Hawksworth, who was our guest on uh, a couple of editions ago. That was episode number 166 where Aaron joined us for the entire podcast, for most of the podcast. But Adam Schefter of ESPN joined Aaron and I on 106.7 com on Friday night. And, again, we posted the links to the story and this particular clip and what he had to say about the Redskins and specifically Alex Smith. Here it is on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adam Schefter.
2: They were 6-3 and at the time that Alex Smith got hurt. And so, you know, it's easy to pile on them right now and say that they – seem like they're a ways away. The problem, I think, the issue that they have right now is the quarterback position. And nobody knows if and when Alex Smith is going to be back. And if he's not back, not only do you not have to just replace him, but you have the financial cost of him being there. And I don't mean to sound insensitive. First and foremost, you want to make sure that he can recover, get healthy, and go and live a happy and healthy life with an injury as serious as the one that he suffered in that game. But when we get to just the football part of this, if they're without Alex Smith, they take a huge hit on the field and in the books financially. So it, it's a huge problem to overcome. And we saw the Redskins back in 2012 lose, what was it, $32 million in cap space over two years roughly?
0: Yeah, $36 million, yeah.
2: $36 million over yeah. two years. And so you'd be looking at a cap hit. Honestly, that would be akin to that. Mm. And the Redskins were put in a very tough position then, basically being handcuffed and having to overcome the loss of that cap space. And it would really be the same thing here if Alex Smith couldn't play because you'd have to find another quarterback, and you'd have to do it with that much less salary cap space. So in a way, this takes them you know, back to the future and back to a problem. And so you can talk about whatever you want, Bruce Allen or the talent on the roster or this or that. The fact of the matter is if Alex Smith can't play going forward, they are left in a very difficult position.
0: All right, so that's Adam Schefter of ESPN, the preeminent NFL insider. My thanks very much, of course, uh, to him and, as well, Chris Kindert of 106.7, the fan, for allowing that audio uh, to be played here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll take a quick time out, come on back, wrap up the show with a Skins spotlight, and we will do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here, and ever since I started the Locked on Redskins podcast Some people ask me for my opinion. Some people ask me for my advice. Sometimes it's, hey, who do you have in the game this Sunday? The truth is, I have no idea who's going to win the big game. But if you think you know, you got to check out my friends at MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell you guys and anyone I run into, lay some lumber down with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, it's your best bet that you'll make all season, especially with, again, the big game coming up this week. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. So go to my bookie. In-game live betting, most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can bet the over-under, how many fantasy points a player will score each game, all sorts of prop bets. Here's what you do. You join now, you go to MyBookie, and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus. Yeah, baby, how about that? You play, you win MyBookie, and then you get paid. Part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, everybody, we welcome you back on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us. I am Chris Russell. Make sure you follow me at Wrestlemania621, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. And don't forget to follow the entire army and the entire network at LockedOnNFLNet on both Twitter and Instagram, longer stories on the Instagram, uh, and for your feeds, at Locked On NFL Net for all sorts of NFL information from all of our local experts. Uh, and as we finish up today's episode, you can now tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Redskins, and you can get all of the Redskins news uh, and all of the analysis that we provide here. Uh, or you can pl- tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NFL Net. There you go. Uh, you can just tell your smart speaker. Uh, to play the podcast Locked on Redskins primarily. Uh, And then you can get us and have it be very simple and help us out in the process. All right, so we're going to put Paul Richardson in the skin spotlight. Of course, his first year with the Redskins stunted um, because of injury that the Redskins say he had been dealing with all along since early August. ProFootballFocus.com, great website, great resource. Make sure you go get their premium statistics subscription package. ProFootballFocus.com has their 10 free agent receivers, best receivers available um, for 2019 and free agency. And the list starts with Golden Tate of the Philadelphia Eagles, acquired, of course, and he scored uh, a couple of big touchdowns down the stretch. He is number one, but he's 31 in August. Terrell Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. Terrell Williams caught 69 of 111 targets for 1,059 yards and seven touchdowns in 2018. How about Cole Beasley upset at the ball distribution in Dallas? He's 29. He's number three. John Brown, speedster with the Baltimore Ravens. He is number four. Uh, Not very consistent, quite honestly. How about Adam Humphreys of the Tampa Bay Bucs? He is listed number five in Pro Football Focus's top ten free agent wide receivers. Number six is Randall Cobb of the Green Bay Packers. Coming off of a career-low 60.2 grade out of 100. Number seven for Pro Football Focus is Dante Moncrief, who was with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. 815 snaps, uh, not very interesting. Productive. Devin Funches, 6'4", 225, is the number eight best wide receiver, according to Pro Football Focus, in their top ten free agent wide receivers. Again, 6'4", 225, overall grade of 74.7 out of 100, and just got over the 900 receiving yard mark, but drops have been a problem. Chris Hogan, yeah, he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl this week, paired for the Patriots with Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan is number 9, although coming off of a career low of 56.7 in terms of his grade. Certainly an interesting figure there. Certainly not a dynamic difference maker, but somebody who can be a part of a machine. And Dontrell Inman is the number 10 wide receiver on the PFF list. Notice who is not there. Yeah, Jamison Crowder. We put him in the skin spotlight recently. Jamison Crowder coming off of an injury-plagued year. Really, he's been hurt for much of the last two years, played through more of it in 2017 than he did in 2018. Hands have been an issue. Fumbling has been an issue. No punt return has been an issue. Jamison Crowder still going to command a pretty decent amount of money, I would think, as a slot receiver because he could also play on the outside, but his value certainly has been diminished over the last two years compared to how it was looking after year two. All right, let's get to Paul Richardson here. Why don't we, in the Skins spotlight, before we run out of time, Paul Richardson, as you know, only played, only played in nine games for the Washington Redskins, starting week one against Arizona, of course, Indianapolis, Green Bay, New Orleans, Carolina, and actually, it's eight games. He missed the Dallas game, uh, and he came back for the Giants' win on the road And then his final game was the loss at home to the Atlanta Falcons. Paul Richardson, in his first year with the Redskins, and remember, injuries were a major concern about him from a couple of torn ACLs uh, in Seattle and at Colorado. Injuries were a major concern, and they were immediately a concern really throughout training camp, the preseason, and he labored through the regular season, made a splash play or two. uh, Just was never right. 368 snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, com's premium subscription package, 254 on pass plays, 113 in terms of run blocks. Overall, a 64.7 grade out of 100. Uh, As a pass catcher and as a receiver in the pass game, 64.1. In the run game, 63.1, which, you know, 55.4 in terms of run blocking. That's not bad uh, by any means. Paul Richardson, when healthy, should be a much bigger contributor For the Washington Redskins. But, you know, just as a kind of like snapshot, if you will, uh, again, he played 817 snaps with the Seattle Seahawks in his walk year, free agent year. But every other year, 429 in 2016, only six in 2015 when he had the torn ACL, 514 in his first year uh, with the Redskins, with the, um, with the, um, Seattle Seahawks is what he wanted to say. Uh, Overall on the year, Paul Richardson for the Redskins had 33 targets, 20 receptions, a 60.6 receiving percentage, 262 yards, two touchdowns, a 13.1 yards per reception average, 52 yards after the catch, 2.6 yards after the catch per reception, a long of 46. That was the touchdown against the Green Bay Packers, 12 first downs. Uh, and a passer rating to his targets of 105.9. So clearly they need Paul Richardson, uh, who had, again, shoulder and knee issues, to use all of this time to get healthy, to get right, and hopefully he is a much bigger force in the Redskins' passing offense in 2019. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Once again, this is episode number 168 We'll see what happens with Ken Zampezi. Maybe by the time you listen to this, he's already the Redskins quarterback coach. We'll move forward from there. Make sure you check out more coverage at Locked Redskins, at Locked on NFL Net, at WrestleMania 621, uh, and also a lot of my coverage, audio, written coverage, in addition to the podcast uh, on thefandc.com. Uh, and check it out, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Player FM, everything in between at WrestleMania 621 as well. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. Adios.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?